Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Crunch time at the All England Lawn Tennis Club with Wimbledon down to the semi-final stages now, but it will be without Rafa Nadal. He has pulled out uh, of this clash uh, overnight with Nick Kyrgios due to an abdominal strain, making Kyrgios the first Australian to make it through to the Wimbledon singles final since Mark Philippoussis did it way back in 2003. The other matchup in the men's draw now at this stage is Novak Djokovic against uh, the local boy Cameron Norrie. Meanwhile, in the women's draw, we've already seen the finalists decided overnight with Elena Rybakina and uh, Ange Jabeur set to meet in Sunday's grand final. for the, And Jabeur, interestingly enough, first uh, Arab player to reach a Grand Slam final. So then, uh, on the, the line to talk to uh, us more about Wimbledon is uh, from News Corp Australia, tennis reporter Mark McGowan. So many interesting developments to talk about overnight, Mark. Uh, thanks very much for your time this morning, but uh, from an Australian point of view, of course, you have a finalist uh, in the men's side of things uh, with Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those... <laughs> situations where it's, it's a bit bittersweet for, for Nick Kyrgios, but it's it's a bit of a, a destiny fulfilled for him. I think it would have been a waste if he never got to this sort of stage of a of a Grand Slam. He's, he's such a great talent, but obviously you never like to see it in these circumstances, and, and obviously very shattering for, for Rafael Nadal, a great champion of the sport. How's Kyrgios viewed um, as a tennis player um, in terms of you know his, his behaviour, etc.? How, how's he viewed in Australia compared to, say, Maybe uh, well, a Leighton Hewitt or even going back further, a Pat Cash? Yeah, I think it's fair to say he's a polarising character. Um, it doesn't matter where you go, whether it's Australia, um, any other country. Um, Nick has the people who love him um, and he also has the people that hate him. And I think you can understand that. He's, um, <laughs> he wears his heart on his sleeve, but he's, he's such a huge talent. And I think even the people who don't enjoy his personality and some of the antics he gets up to, it's, you can't debate the fact that he's an entertainer and he's just incredibly great to watch. Um, you know, a high-octane game, big shots, underarm serves, always drama. Um, but I think overall, Australians, like any country, they love a winner. And Nick Kyrgios right now is winning and um, I think everyone will be uh, rooting for him to, to hold up that, uh, that title at the end of the weekend. Mark, how do you think he's going to handle the big stage? I mean, biggest stage of his life. Uh, we know the the nature of Wimbledon, and uh, you know, uh, I won't say holier than holy um, part of tennis mm. because it's deemed that way with the the, the all white uniforms, etc., like that, uh, and their standards that they maintain. How's he going to handle this stage? You think it's, it's going to be fascinating. I, I think the thing about Nick, he's such a complex character. I think we a lot of people like to think they know what he what he is and who he is. 
just judging him from his press conferences and some of the comments he makes and a lot of people think he might be immature and, and those sorts of things but he's, he's, he's a sort of pretty complicated sensitive soul and he makes some interesting decisions at times but and he, and he sometimes you know makes comments like he doesn't like tennis and he prefers basketball and all these things but it's, it's quite clear that this is a title that he's really chased throughout his career and he, he always regarded grass as his best surface his best chance to make a big splash and um, we're seeing that this fortnight and I think I think he's going to be nervous. I think that's natural. I think anyone's going to be nervous, and everyone's going to see that. You know, it's uh, it's a, it's going to be a tough situation for him. But I think Nick, this is his chance to really stamp himself. He, he won the obviously the doubles title in Australia only a couple of months ago, and and this is his big chance now to cement his legacy. Um, so many people from when he was a world junior number one expected him to be here, and probably a lot sooner. Um, we saw some great success. He made some quarterfinals early in his career, and. That's going back eight years ago now. Um, so people would have thought that he would have reached this stage by now, but this is his big chance, as I said already. And I just think for Nick, he's got nothing to lose. He's going to go in as the underdog, whether he's playing against Novak Djokovic, who he's beaten twice before, or against Cameron Norrie, the, the local hope. So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens either way. What will he... I mean, this is an unusual situation because he's not going to be playing tennis for the thick end of about three days uh, between matches mm-hmm. as a result of this. So how do you then prepare for a Grand Slam final without match play, uh, recent match play? Yeah, it's an interesting one as well because Nick is on record quite regularly as saying he's not a great trainer. He doesn't love to put in extended hours on the court, but you'd imagine he's going to have to have some sort of simulated match practice just to make sure there's not any real rust over the next few days. He still would have played a lot of tennis in recent weeks. He's had five setters. He's had testing matches. Um, you know, he's played high-intensity ones against, you know, Stefanos Tsitsipas only a couple of rounds ago. He's played high competition. He was in trouble in the last round against Nakashima. So he'll probably back himself that he's got enough matches behind him. Also in the lead-up, he made a couple of semi-finals. So he's played a lot of tennis in recent weeks. That'll be the, the thing that will keep him in, in good stead. But you'd imagine he's going to have to put in a bit of extra work on the practice court just to make sure that he's still sharp for a couple of days' time. So if we look at uh, the other semi-final, uh, common sense is uh, for Nick Kyrgios the preferred option as Cameron Norrie. Is, is that clearly the case? Uh, yes, in some ways, I think so. I mean, look, Norrie's obviously going to be the, the crowd favourite um, if he gets through. Um, we haven't seen a winner since Andy Murray locally, you know, as far as Great Britain's hopes are concerned. But I think Nick would relish the opportunity to come up against Novak again. He's, he's certainly not going to be intimidated by him. He's beaten him in their only two meetings, as I mentioned before. Um, he, he relishes being the underdog as well. I think if it was Norrie that, that managed to upset Novak and get through, Kyrgios would it'd be seen more as a 50-50 or even there'd be people thinking that, that Nick might even be the favourite. So I don't know if he'd necessarily relish that. I think he'd want Novak. He'd want to beat the best. Um, and this has already been a very strange Wimbledon um, with obviously Belarusian and Russian players banned. Some of the best players not here. Matteo Berrettini had to pull out because of COVID. So he wants to really rubber stamp this as I've beaten the best to win this title. Um, he would have loved to have beaten Nadal to get here, and obviously he's not going to get that chance. So he he can win the title beating Novak. I think that would be seen as a, a greater achievement. So I think quietly Nick would uh, would prefer that. Having said that, uh, there is a real steal, I imagine, about Djokovic. Obviously he's the the number one seed. Uh, he's uh, the pundit's favourite going here, but. 
The other mm. uh, aspect, of course, is that he, he's allowed to play Wimbledon, but he has not been allowed to play other majors um, because of a Grand Slam events because, of course, his stance uh, on uh, inoculation, COVID inoculation. So he's got a, a real deep sort of point here, I think, uh, jo- uh, Djokovic this time round. No doubt. And we, we already know that it's likely he's not going to be able to compete at the US Open next month. And at this stage, he's two Grand Slam titles behind Rafael Nadal. So obviously, if he can win here, he slashes that in half um, with a, a very strong likelihood he won't be in New York um, in August. So it, neither of them are getting younger. And yes, they might talk about, yeah, we're not chasing history and it doesn't matter who wins, all these sorts of things. But there's no doubt privately that Novak would love to be once all's said and done, the, the Grand Slam overall titles leader. And um, you just never know when you fall off a cliff as an athlete, when you're over 30. Um, at this stage, it looks like Novak's going to go on for years, but you just never know what's going to happen, whether it's injury, like in Rafael Nadal's case, or, or something else in your life that might happen. So for Novak, his time is right now. He's, he still looks at his absolute peak. He's come back from the dead in his last round. He was two sets to love down against Yannick Sinner and impressively came back from that position um he'll be a heavy favorite to beat nori um and you'd expect he'd he'd be the favorite against nick as well even though the head-to-head record is in in the australian's favor but this is this is novak's chance and i I, you'd still back him at this point to be um to be the wimbledon champion at the end of the weekend but funny things can happen and it could be destiny for nick curious yeah it could be destiny so uh, all eyes on that but all eyes too on uh, the women's side of things as well mark and you mentioned mm. the absence of uh, russian and belarusian players as such uh but it's not quite the case because uh, one of the finest finalists of course is elena rubikina who uh, got through against simona halep uh, 6363 overnight uh russian born still has a residence uh, in russia although playing under the kazakhstan flag so it is, a, in a sense, and I guess a lot of Russian players who have been ostracised or banned look at that and say, really? Really? Yeah, it's an interesting turn of events. There's no doubt about that. We actually saw before the tournament started, we had a, a player change nationalities to, to make sure she'd be able to enter the draw. So there's been all sorts of strange events going on at this Wimbledon, and, and this is just another, and it was always probably going to end up this way, wasn't it? But look, Rob Buckner, it's, she's, she's a, a really talented player, really big ball striker. Um, I guess it, you never know if you're going to reach this stage, which is the type of player that you always thought had greater greater things in her future. And Anjabur is, um, is, is just a fantastic player to watch. Doesn't have the, the big artillery that, uh, that Rob Buckner has, but just an artist out on the court loves using angles slice everything and um it's going to be a fascinating final i don't think anyone would have picked that to be the the final at the start of the fortnight but it's it's a really interesting contrast of styles and and should be good fun to watch it is an interesting one i mean who would have thought uh, the real possibility and she is the favorite here for shabir is that uh, a player from uh, Tunisia, Tunisian-born uh, tennis mm. player, would be in a Grand Slam final, perhaps uh, a Grand Slam champion of Wimbledon of all places. Shows the global reach mm. of the game in some areas, I guess. It, it really does. And, and she's been steadily climbing the rankings over the last few years. She's one of the best players in the world now. There's no doubt about it. It's not necessarily a shock to see her at this stage of the tournament, but the fact that this is her first time, you, you just never know if someone's going to make it this deep into a tournament. And she's, she's been really impressive. She had a bit of a stumble in the semi-final, lost the second set, but, but managed to, to steam home in that third set and win quite comfortably. So um, she, she's really popular in her home country. She's very popular among the playing group. And 
she's probably going to be the one that the players will, will side with and would love to see win. But uh, Ry Buckner is the, the younger player and, as I said, the, the big ball striker. And um, it's, going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see. I, I'd back Ons to be the, the favourite. Um, but if Ry Buckner can get that serve going on the grass, um, she's going to be very tough to beat. I would imagine we'll see Serena Williams at the US Open because uh, it's home after all and she's the favourite, a uh, crowd favourite there. But how much longer, just looking at the fact that uh, she was eliminated so early uh, at, uh, at Wimbledon? Yeah, I think a lot of us thought she was done already. Um, it, it was a little bit of a surprise to see her come out of retirement. Well, it wasn't retirement. She'd never actually officially retired. We hadn't seen her for, for a year or more. And a lot of people just thought we may never see her again. And um, obviously accepted the wild card, played doubles before Wimbledon and threw herself into the singles draw a week later. It was always going to be very tough at her age, um, on the wrong side of 40 and with such little preparation. But uh, New York is obviously very close to her heart as the obvious reasons. And I think we'll see a much more competitive Serena um, once the US Open rolls around. She, she'll obviously try to play um, at least one tournament in between then and now. Um, you'd imagine she'll probably play even more than that. Just to get some match practice under her belt, she's running out of chances to, to win another Grand Slam title, and it's probably pretty long odds at this point that we'll see her um, hold another trophy aloft. But at, at this point, it's, it's foolhardy to, to doubt Serena. She's just done some amazing things in her career. She's arguably the greatest female player of all time. So maybe there's another fairy tale to come, but um, I think from what we've seen in her Grand Slam results over the years, it's becoming increasingly difficult for her to maintain a high standard over a whole fortnight. So um, you'd bet against her in, in some ways, but then there's that, that nagging um, belief at the back of your, of your mind about doubting Serena is always um, a dangerous thing to do. No about face from uh, Ash Barty? No, it's not looking like it. Um, Ash, obviously she was at the... the absolute peak of her career when she stepped out um won this title 12 months ago and, and shocked everyone when she stepped away um and then since she's gone obviously Iga Spiontek has, has taken over and has become quite a dominant number one but I think we've seen Ash come out of retirement once before so everyone's sort of holding out some hope but it seemed quite final this time and I, I don't think we're going to see Ash again she it sounds like she's going to keep it involved in tennis in some way with a with a junior academy to help the next generation but that might be the best we're going to get. But um, she's still young. You just never know. She might get itchy feet in a couple of years' time. But as we know, the, the longer you're out of the game and as you're getting older, um, it's going to be harder for her to, to come back and, and be at the top of her game. But I think if I was to take a guess right now and you, you ask me, I don't think we're going to see Ash playing professionally again. Uh, that's sad. Because Australian men's tennis looks pretty damn good, actually, doesn't it? You, I think you had three in the last 16. If you look at uh, Alex de Menor, you're looking at uh, Jason Kubler and of course uh, Nick Kyrgios this is uh, starting to with their age starting to look like a really good time for Australian men's tennis yeah absolutely yeah the, the men are, are showing some real promise we've seen Thanasi Kokonakis um, after so much injury worries he's, he's had a, a bit of a bounce back here this year winning a title at the start of the year there's I think there's you know there's, there's some guys knocking on the door of the top 100 as well there's there's regular strong representation in that top 100 and competing at the Grand Slams um, it's, it's, it's really good for, for men's tennis um, and if Nick can win a Grand Slam singles title on top of his doubles title at the start of the year I mean it, it just shows that, that men's, Australian men's tennis is getting right back to the, um, the pointy end again the, the women's game in Australia isn't in quite as good shape now that Ash has stepped away Isla Tomilanovic had a, a fantastic result here making the quarterfinals but um, behind her it's, um, there's not a great deal of depth 
there's some some young players coming through, but you just never know whether they're going to make it. It's a very very tough game, and as as you touched on earlier, the the global stretch now across the world, it's it's so difficult now. Tunisians are, are rising, um, whereas back in the game, you know, back in the back in the day when it was only the US, UK, and Australia really were the, were dominating the field, mm. um, it was a very different game. But um, look, it, it, Ash leaves a big void, and and unfortunately, that's something that. Uh, this next generation is hopefully going to be able to feel, but it's going to be very, very tough because she was a one out of the box. She was a very special talent. Mark McGowan, we thank you very much for your time this morning. Some uh, some late nights ahead for all of us tennis fans uh, on both sides of the Tasman over the weekend, uh, but plenty to look forward to, including uh, Nick Krios in the early hours of uh, Monday morning. Hey, mate, thanks so much for your time and, and enlightening us uh, on uh, the events and the status of tennis around the world at the moment. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.